This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Oh, what did you do? Stupid dogs. Get on the couch, you damn dummies. Oh, my God. Top dog, Terry. What, what a return. Oh, my gosh. Nothing like a good old Raymond Holt shirt. So I'm confused. Is the pineapple the slut or is the pineapple calling someone a slut? Clearly, the pineapple is the slut. Oh, oh that was some top-notch Raymond Holt there. Oh, that, that whole episode was great. Oh, man. It really was. It really, really was. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, <sighs> it was funny, too. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this in the Watch for. But um, that was funny because we were uh, we were actually rewatching the entire series uh, leading up to the new episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I got about like three quarters of the way through, and I was thinking, you know, I was like, you know, after uh, Boyle and Gina's uh, parents got married, we like basically didn't hear anything <laughs> about them forever. Lim Boyle, <laughs> and, then, and now we know why. Boom. 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 And tonight will be the last, um, tonight will be the final of Foreign Repair podcast that uh, originates from uh, the Edgecombe County higher, uh, Hacienda. Oh, no. This will be, so this will be our third new setup, I guess. This will be goodbye. This will be goodbye, these stupid dogs. There you go. Hey. We'll have new Sao Paulo dogs. Hey, yay, new Sao Paulo dogs. Oh. Don't bark nearly the. That's that's what's really important for for the Foreign Fair podcast. New dogs, new dogs. That's what it is. Top 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 oh, dogs. Oh. Some would say top dogs. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to that later on the podcast, everybody. Hello, everyone. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw. Um, big big pot for you guys this week. Um, 
A lot of Premier League to talk about. Uh, of course, the past weekend and the weekend coming up. Uh, we will be uh, have a quick recap of the FA Cup replays, which took place the past couple days, including one big shocker uh, coming out in the replay. A uh, very re- brief preview of the League Cup se- semi-final second legs. That will be taking place next week. Um, then, of course, we'll hit the news and notes, which uh, which might be one of the most sad news and notes we've ever had on this podcast. It is uh, it is a dour bunch of stories, let me tell you what. Um, then we'll have the watch for and so raw, or maybe things can perk back up a little bit. Um, but of course, as always, this podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, as well as Alicia's Pillows and Things. If you like, hey, hey, you know what? I, I have been told by a reliable source that that one Los Angeles Rams are in the semifinals, as 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 it were, of the uh, the the Super Bowl tournament, the Super Bowl. And Cup. strangely, only one leg. Yeah, yeah, we obviously they're not playing. <laughs> yeah, no, no replays in the in the Super Bowl Cup. Thank God. Um, so that that's that's exciting. But hey, if you have a Rams fan or uh, an Eagles fan who needs a consolation gift, um, hey, check out Alicia's pillows and things. She has some great team uh, merchandise that you can go check out uh, to give to somebody. Today. So check that out on Facebook, Alicia's pillows and things. Yeah, now, no, it's a magnificent place to pick up a pillow for a second. Now. There you go. Oh, oh, Eagles fans, I know, I know you you you're having that sad nap. If if the ESPN app tells me right, <laughs> not like I watched that game um, or care about it at all. Um, all right, to the actual football that matters. Then let's let's hit up these these past week of matches uh, that we're not really going to discuss. Starting with uh, Southampton versus Leicester at the KP Stadium, uh, Southampton. With their good result of the week, uh, they get a big two-one victory at the KP. Thanks in part to a James Ward-Prowse penalty, as well as a Shane Long extra-time goal in the first half. Uh, that got Southampton going. Uh, Wilfred Ndidi uh, brought Lester back within one in the 58th minute, but could not pull up a second goal as uh, Claude Puel's men uh, go down in defeat to the Saints. Uh, a lot of unrest right now going on with the Foxes, even though Lester, again, is still top half of the table. So we'll see what uh, if Puel stays or goes in the coming weeks there. Um, Watford gets a 2-1 win over Palace uh, at Selhurst Park. It was a weekend of road victories. Craig Cathcart with an own goal in the 38th minute. But a half hour later would make amends as he gets the equalizer for the Hornets. Uh, very, very clever goal from Tom Cleverly in the 74th minute. Wins it for Watford as a boys team slips further down in the table. Uh, Burnley beats Fulham 2-1 in a massive relegation bout. Uh, Fulham scored three goals in the match. Unfortunately, two of them were own goals. Uh, Andre Sherl with another fantastic goal. He has been a big bright spot for Fulham this season. Uh, his goal in the second minute put Fulham ahead. Uh, but uh, own goals three minutes apart from Joe Bryan and... Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, Dennis Odoi uh, in the 23rd minute just ended uh, Fulham's chances to get back into the match. Um, Cardiff and Huddersfield drew nil-nil. That happened. 
Um, let's let's see what else we had. Uh, Everton beats Bournemouth 2-0 as the cherry slide continues. Kurt Zuma with a goal in the 61st minute. And then in the dying moments of the match, uh, Everton struck for a second time thanks to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And then I guess we can kind of start here, although there's not really that much to talk about. Again, Manchester City has been rebounding since their bit of a winter period swoon. 3-0 victory over Wolves in what could have been maybe a tricky match at home. But Gabriel Jesus, he hits the brace. They also picked up an own goal from Wolves to win comfortably 3-0. And uh, and Wes, really, that's just kind of City keeping on rolling now that it seems like they've put those couple of losses from the holiday period behind them. Uh, they have. Um <clears throat> It, you know, it helped when City went down to 10 men pretty early in that. Or, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Wolves went down to 10 yes, men pretty early very much. in that match. But, you know, when you're playing City, that kind of spells your death knell. Yeah. Um, I think Wolves had come off such a big win mm-hmm. as well uh, that, you know, there was some natural letdown coming. Um, and City are just not the team to have any sort of letdown against. You've got to be firing on all cylinders if you're hoping to take down Manchester City on the day. You know, City had their little swoon, but I think that win pull have kind of gotten them back to where they needed to be, kind of mm-hmm. got them back right on the track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it looks like their little swoon's over, and now it's just time for City to just see if they can take care of business weekend with them. Absolutely. Uh, another team that uh, needs to start taking care of business week in, week out to see if they can hold on and maybe get one of those top four spots that's looking less and less likely is Arsenal. They fall in a London derby at West Ham, 1-0 Declan Rice with a great goal in that one to give the Irons a 1-0 victory. You mean Real Madrid's Declan Rice? There you go. Hey, hey, he'll never have to buy a drink in London again. They're already uh, buying him drinks on the the day after on Sunday. Um, But Rice's 48th minute strike wins the match for West Ham. And, uh, and Wes, this is, you know, it, it's funny how the narrative shifts in football, as we'll get to. Um, but, I mean, this was an Arsenal team who weeks ago we were thinking, you know, m- maybe the, the, maybe they'll fight for the top four. They're, they're not quite there yet, but still Unai Emery has looked like he's, he's put a new stamp on this team. They're playing with purpose. They had a big unbeaten run. And they're maybe a little ahead of schedule. Maybe still not a Champions League team this year. But but it looks like things are heading in the right direction. And now, all of a sudden, it looks like the wheels are completely falling apart for Arsenal. As we just look at their past schedule here. Uh, yes, they did have a big win over Fulham. But that's coming after a loss at Liverpool. Uh, a loss at Liverpool, that was big. A draw against Brighton and Hove. And, and of course, you know, not great results in the Cup as well. So, and now now we're hearing that Unai Emery could almost be on the hot seat at Arsenal because that's how things go. But definitely not a, a good result for Arsenal on the day. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm loath to hot seat Unai Emery of myself. Course. Um, you know, when you look at it, he is just being absolutely crushed right now with injuries, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, their midfield, and part of this is man, part of this is what management I think is doing as well. Is you know, I pretty much think that they've they've alienated Aaron Ramsey to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramsey. <laughs> 
pretty much on the way out. Uh, all reports saying that he's agreed to deal with Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole Mesut Ozil thing is Ooh, a disaster yeah. at this point. Um, and then he's being told that he can't buy anyone. Yeah. Window. Hey, if you can get but we're not going to buy you anything. <laughs> um, you know, for a for a team that all we hear is how Arsenal is one of the biggest teams in the world, and I mean, truth be told, they are. I mean, they're in the top ten, top revenue in the world. But mm-hmm. man, that, they really don't like turning around and putting that back into their squad. At times, it seems like um, <clears throat> we always said that Unai Emery, it wasn't going to be one season. It it sure. might be into next season. It's going to be a full summer window again. I, I just I think that they played well at parts this year, and due to that, people, you know, suddenly expectations got higher, and now suddenly, oh, they're not living up. To- well, shit! If you had told them they'd be in fifth place in January in front of Manchester United, uh, now of course only on goal differential at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you were firmly in the top six, which is where you've been anyway. If you told that, I think most Arsenal fans would say, yeah, okay, okay, you know, we can live with that because we're, we're not falling out of that top six. Well, now, like we say, you know, they went on that, what, 20 match unbeaten streak, 22 match unbeaten mm-hmm. streak, and so they still find themselves six points out of a Champions League spot. And now it, it looks very much like they are the sixth place team in this six horse race. So, you know, I think it's a little unfair to Unai Emery what they're doing mm-hmm. or, or kind of what people are saying. I think it's a little unfair, but you know, that is, that's the world we live in now. No, you know, that's, that's, just, that's the premier league and that's the world we live in. I agree, uh, and I, I do think it's unfortunate, as, as of course, a Spurs fan, I'm loving it, but as, as a neutral voice, uh, I do think it has less to do with Emery, even though that's that's who's getting blamed for a lot of this right now, uh, and I, I agree with you unfairly, and, and more about just the complete lack of ownership, which is something that we even saw like in, in Wenger's reign towards the end. Um, for for the many faults we had of Arsene Wenger towards the end, uh, inflexibility with his system, what have you, the the transfer system that was in place at Arsenal and and the ownership group were not uh, uh, escaping culpability in that either. So mm-hmm. and and that hasn't changed between Wenger and uh, Emery. So I I think that's that's where. Uh, maybe more the blame should be going. And I think some Arsenal fans realize that, um, but others clearly, because, you know, every well, every group has it. Well, and as we've obviously seen from Arsenal fans, our favorite non uh, show, Arsenal Fan TV, <laughs> they're not exactly the most level um, but, you know, to me, I, I just, I don't see where you're going out as Arsenal. I don't see where you're going out and finding a manager who's better, mm-hmm. be better results at this time. I mean, this just, this is a very flawed team. Mm-hmm. You can have Jurgen Klopp over there. You can have Pep Guardiola. It's not going to make that big of a difference. No. I mean, it's just, it's just <clears throat> this point. I think, I think if you threw Jurgen Klopp at that team, I think what you'd have right now 
is a worse version of what we saw from last year's Liverpool side. I, I think. I think so too. Yeah, it, it would be exciting. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; it'd be exciting, <laughs> you know. But um, you know, at the same time, they they still in goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still don't think Mezzanosa would be playing much. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's I mean, that's another place where he's been completely hamstrung. Is you've got this guy, you've got Mezzanosa who you know, is absolutely one of the highest paid players in the Premier League. And you don't even hardly play him, except at home against weak sides, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't play him on the road. He's just, Mesut his time, I think, in the Premier League has come and gone. It's a different Premier League Mm -hmm. than two. Just the evolution of the way the league is played. Uh, Mesut would be fantastic in Italy and Spain, a league like that where it's not so much defensive from you um, and where it's, where it's a little bit of a slower game and you sit back and he can just spray passes all over the world make things happen. But I think right now with the way Premier League teams in general want to play, mm-hmm. there's just not much room for Mesut Ozil. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a little harsh. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mesut Ozil, a supreme talent, but mm-hmm. it's just when you look at the top teams in the Premier League, they demand more than just being a great passer and a great setup person. Yeah, and, and I think that's not not to bring up Spurs just because they're the the natural rivals, but I think that is where you can look at someone like a Christian Eriksen, whose value we have seen skyrocket a little bit under Pochettino, and and what he can do. Not that he's the greatest defensive midfielder in the world. But he's a good defender, and he knows how to play the high press very well in Pochettino's system. And that that has given him, along with his great delivery and the occasional goal-scoring uh, greatness, is is what's propelled him to, to the heights he's at now with, with the possible mm-hmm. transfers. So that's, that's that. Um, let's head over to the Amex, though, uh, where Liverpool uh, reversed their little trend. Uh, if Man City had one, Liverpool has gone through theirs. Uh, 1-0 victory against a game Brighton and Hove Albion team. Uh, Mo Salah, with I believe his 800th penalty of the season, uh, goes down <laughs> in, in the uh, in the second half to a challenge. Uh, clearly a penalty, though. Uh, gets that yeah. one up after a nice turn in the box. Uh, draws the penalty. Uh, converts from the spot and gives Liverpool the goal they needed to pick up the three points on the road. And Wes, that that was a very important win for Liverpool, the way things had been trending, um, and especially to come out of a, a break where there were no matches. Um, they they were in the League Cup, or sorry, they were in the FA Cup, lost there with a heavily rotated side. They weren't in the League Cup, uh, so there had been a bit of time off from the Premier League where they also uh, had lost to City to end the holiday season. So not a great period for Liverpool and not a great game still. But this, again, is one of those Liverpool wins we've seen this year where where they just find a goal and, and then they're resolute in the back to make the three points happen. Uh, they were. It wasn't a great match. Uh, you know, Liverpool kind of coming off a lot that they've dealt with with the uh, you know, with the Wolves' loss, even though once again I don't think for Liverpool, I'm not that worried about it, but <laughs> everyone else seems to be. Um, it wasn't a great day. Both decided they were going to defend. 
Uh, they def- and give them credit. They defended very well throughout the match. It was just uh, you know one one bad turn, and I, I can understand where suddenly everyone's throwing a fit. Liverpool have had four penalties given in the last month. <laughs> Next closest teams have one. Yeah. So that said, maybe one of them was soft. I mean, that's kind of my thing. Uh, you know, which which one, one was that? I think it was um, uh, Newcastle. I believe they say the Newcastle one was a little. I, I thought the Newcastle one was – I didn't even think the penalty was that soft. I thought Salah just yeah. overreacted. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought that's what Moore was awkward about it. It's like – because I thought it was a foul. Like I thought he was pulled back if I'm remembering correctly. But he just like completely left his feet. And it was yeah. – and so he made it look a lot worse than it was even though mm-hmm. like if, if like it happens in the midfield, it's probably a foul. Not a card but yeah. probably just a foul. So yeah. I, I understand why it's a penalty. It just looked really bad. And, I mean, people can be frustrated about it or whatever. This week, that, that foul was so blatant it wasn't funny. Yeah, this penalty I mean, was first, fine. First he got pulled back, which was penalty one, and then he just got kicked in the back of the leg <laughs> and while he's on the ball in the box. I mean, what do you expect to happen here, people? <laughs> it's one of those, if it had happened to anyone else's team, they'd be to the heavens that it's a penalty, but they're just exactly just when when Virgil Van Dyke <laughs> kicks uh, Eric Lamel in the back of the leg, and we scream penalty. That's that's what happens. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. Oh man! Called some don't get called. Hey, that's, we're we're, we're get, almost a year away from that anniversary, so that's fun. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, Liverpool went. God, I believe it was like Liverpool went nearly eighteen months without getting a. <laughs> And, and now suddenly they're just, they're coming in hot. Man. So I'm having to make up for it. But anyway, um, I mean, it was just another great display at the back from Liverpool. Uh, Fabinho, Jesus God, if if he if this guy doesn't work, which it looks like he is, um, Jesus, he could have a job as a central defender. I <laughs> uh, did a great job. Um, you know, he, he and Van Dyke at the back just never really bothered by, uh, by Brighton and Hove. Uh, at the end of the day, that's... Uh, one of the old cliches, uh, that's uh, that's what a team who's looking to win a title, those are the matches they go and, mm. get, and get a, quote, routine victory out of it. Mm. Um, B&H never really threatened in the match. Um, once Liverpool got their goal, it was like, all right, well, let's just let's just ride this. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, good win. Um, and this season, th- th- these, these are the matches that are the difference. Um, from the past, from what we've seen. Obviously, season not over yet. Still a long <laughs> way to go. But um, in the past, these are matches where Liverpool, maybe they give up a goal or they don't take their opportunity. And the biggest difference this year in Liverpool with this big title challenge suddenly is taking matches that in the past were somewhat fluky draws and they're, they're turning them into three points this year. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's doing it right now. And um, hey, you know, I think pretty much anyone will anyone will say it right. Now. When you've got a chance to win the title, you take three points any way you can get three points. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're mm-hmm. when you're battling for sixth and seventh, you know, at that time, yeah, sure, you know, let's let's watch some really good, entertaining football. Let's let's look for those four threes and four points. 
But, I mean, if you've got real title aspirations, you, know, you keep clean sheets and you get your goals and you make them stand up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what Liverpool did in this match. It's a it's a new year, and Liverpool have kept on from the, the rest they did in 2018. We'll have a little more Liverpool news and news and notes. It's not so great as, as most of our news and notes, but, hey, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, uh, another area, talking about that battle for the top four from earlier, uh, Chelsea gets an important win. A uh, 2-1 victory over Newcastle. Goals from Pedro and Willian uh, were the difference in this match. Siren Clark also on the score sheet for Newcastle. And Wes, this was a, a, a team that also had, had been in a little bit of a struggle recently. They lose to uh, the first leg uh, against Tottenham in the, in the League Cup semis. Um, they had come off a draw against Southampton at home, which mm-hmm. should have probably been three points in the bank. Um, so to come out against Newcastle team, this Newcastle team, which had also been very much struggling to go into halftime one, one and saying, we, we need three points for them to pick those three points up was absolutely crucial for their top four aspirations. Uh, they were, and I didn't see it in the news and notes. So I'll bring it up here. It, it could be about to get very interesting at Chelsea. Yeah, it's not in the news and notes because uh, it's not confirmed, but yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, but so, hey, so here's the part speculate and rumor model. Go for it. As you know, this is my second favorite time of the year. It is. Just behind the summer transfer window, which <laughs> just lasts longer. Um, reports coming out of Chelsea that Morata may be on the way out the door heading to Madrid. And coming through the door may be the Argentine hitman, Gonzalo Higuain. Mm. Um, Higuain, of course, famously has the most prolific single season in Serie A history uh, when he scored 36 goals while playing for Napoli and Mauricio Sarri. Mm. So um, that, that is a that is a reunion that could send some shockwaves through the Premier League. And, I mean, really, that's... That's Chelsea's biggest issue this year is having somebody up front to put the ball in the back of the net. I think it's now safe to say Murata has been an unabashed disappointment. Sure. Um, You know, yeah, he scored some goals. Don't get me wrong. There comes a time where you need to score goals. You need to score important goals and you need to score goals regularly. Um, And Murata has not done that. Murata has cut a somewhat morose figure this season mm-hmm. um, as he he has not always figured into sorry starting 11 um, <clears throat> then there's Olivier Giroud and by god there's a there's a rumor <laughs> of Barcelona wanting Giroud <laughs> I saw that I'm like ha, from where I mean for what to be a body double for Giroud uh, so I mean, weird I mean, do you want him just to be on the front of the magazine? Beautiful man. <laughs> Gorgeous man. But, um, yeah, so the, Chelsea right now with all the transfer, everybody, Chelsea have obviously they've made the move and they seem to be the team that could be the the busiest in this mm. transfer window where, where basically right now we're halfway through the window half of the month ago. Yeah, so that's that's going to be a big one to watch out for if Iguain does come over from Syria to Chelsea. Uh, and, and I think just to end on Murata, I, I think the best way to to look at it is if you're a rival club or even just any club, really, and, and 
Morata is supposed to be the number one striker for Chelsea. If he scores against your team and the thought is, I can't believe we're one of the teams he scored against. Not well, that's just what he does. He's probably been a failure because it's a, it's a 60 million pound striker. Yeah. Oh yeah. This, this was, this was not a good signing. Uh, It looked like a good signing sort of at the time. Uh, I think we probably had reservations just because we don't usually love when strikers come over from La Liga straight to the Premier League. And sometimes it, it's because it, it's just such a different game that it doesn't always translate well. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened here. Um, and, well, you know, Chelsea now have a very distinguished <laughs> um, list <laughs> of uh, massive uh, striker, somewhat underachievers now since yeah. Roman Abramovich. Yeah, back to uh, Crespo, mm-hmm. and also that time. A massive flop, Shevchenko, mm-hmm. and then kind of the poster boy of massive <laughs> flops uh, in Fernando Torres, yes. uh, also also known as the greatest business in Liverpool history, <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where we turned Torres into we we turned the uh, carcass of Torres into uh, Andy Carroll, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, and a, and a guy named Luis Suarez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who we then turned around and sold for double what we nearly double what we sold Torres for. So anyway, um, but now you know you just add Murata to this list, and of course this is a Chelsea team who these massive flops, but then have one of the all time great Premier League strikers in Didier Drogba. So <laughs> man, it is feast or famine sometimes for Chelsea when it comes to strikers, and, and of course then um, uh, oh god, I can see him Diego Diego Costa Diego Costa uh, yeah. who was. Who was alternately a, a great and terrible striker? So. Yes. <laughs> it just depends on what what year you looked at him. So. Hey, we didn't even mention uh, Mishibachi, who's who's probably his loan is probably going to get canceled, and then Chelsea's uh, just going to sell. Yeah, yeah, apparently they're looking to sell him permanently. So, well, you know, I mean, if Chelsea do need a striker, I'm sure they've got a good dozen out on loans. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> sure, got him a nice. Gotta fund that Pulisic move. Um, let's head to our final uh, match of the week. Um, this was our Pulisic, only one. real quick. Pulisic is going to get a look wonderful playing for Arnhem. Yeah, <laughs> Arnhem Vitesse. Oh, man. <laughs> um, last match of the week uh, and our only match between two top six clubs uh, was Tottenham versus Manchester United at Wembley. Uh, United gets the one nil victory thanks to a forty fourth minute goal from Marcus Rashford. Um, but Tottenham not without their chances. Uh, I eleven shots on goal. I believe I'm going to pull up the stats real yes, quick. Just correct. okay, eleven shots on goal. Uh, an expected goal value of two, uh, which is a stat that measures where you shoot from, how you shoot, and mm-hmm. and tells okay of these shots how many would normally go in, and the average was about two. So. In a normal game, Tottenham probably wins this match. Unfortunately, for maybe the first time this season, David De Gea remembered he's maybe the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, and that's really the only reason United comes out with the 1-0 victory. Um, multiple great chances for Tottenham. Not always the best of finishes, but so many just came down to great reactions, especially with the feet from David De Gea. 
of keeping the ball out of his net uh, and preserving the one nil victory for United. Um, there's a great article on the uh, the Athletic, of course, because we love the Athletic. Um, hey, the Athletic! If you ever want to start a podcast network, you know we're just we're just saying, just hey, we're here. Um, but you know, just it, it's it's a disappointing result, I'm sure, for Tottenham, especially especially when you look at back at their their first fixture of the season between these two clubs, and Tottenham won that one at United three nil. And played, for the most part, not great football. They had some good moments to score the goals, but overall just weren't very good. In this match, they actually played really, really well and come away with nothing. And that's that's when you're just like, okay, I guess that's football sometimes. Um, but obviously a huge win for United. Uh, for Tottenham, it, it of course, not that there was any real title talk, but it kind of you know push, pushes that down. Um, but for United, a very important win as they're in their ascendancy to maybe capture a top four slot. Um, I think for Tottenham, what this kind of did to rest. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously still have a lot to play. Mm-hmm. Securing the Champions League is crucial for Tottenham at this point of their existence. Um, still in the FA Cup, still in the League Cup. Um, obviously, with a maybe a foot in the final of the League Cup already. Uh, <clears throat> God, just one of those days. And with David De Gea, and I'm cross reference a lot. I'm going to go to the one I cross reference with probably the least. Mm. Um, what De Gea, the equivalent of a hockey goalie yes. standing on his head. Absolutely. Uh, he he reminded if you had to compare the the legendary Buffalo Sabres keeper Dominic Hasek. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is a very apt comparison yeah. to this one. I mean, he he just he was so big. Yeah. <laughs> and De Gea, you know, De Gea, goalkeeper anyway. And I a for Tottenham by about the 60th minute, he had to look like he was seven foot five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he must have looked like you know a Spanish Yao Ming. It was as I now reference another sport as well. <laughs> um, it was just it was a fantastic display, and you know, I, I've made the argument in the past the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, you know, and that's especially with what I see as the fall of Manuel Neuer over the last few seasons. Mm. Uh, De Gea obviously had a terrible summer at the World Cup mm-hmm. and, and kind of had a rough start to the season for United. That said, a lot of that still comes down to the fact that he had statistically one of the worst defenses in the league in front of him. Yeah. That surely was not helping him at all. Um and also with Mourinho almost inviting pressure, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was it was obviously obviously United. We can look back now. United was a toxic environment, mm-hmm. and everyone suffered. Um, in this match, obviously De Gea took the De Gea took kind of the narrative of the match. But I mean, I've got to give credit where credit's due. You know, I'm not a fan one bit. But my God, that pass that Pogba played mm-hmm. for Rashford to score the only goal of the match. I mean that that's what that's what they've been waiting for from Paul Pogba. Mm-hmm. Um Mourinho would have shit his pants if Pogba had played that pass. 
And with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, he, he's given them that freedom to go out. You know, the, the greatest thing you can do when you have top players like that, let them make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've got to take you've got to take some chances to make these great plays, and there seems to be more of a chance you're not. It's but you've got to give them uh, to to try, especially when you have someone as talented as a Pogba. I mean, same when you have a, a or you know someone of that ilk. I mean, Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. make some risky passes. It's mm-hmm. just, it goes with the territory. It's what happens. Uh, but Pogba, definitely through these six matches, now you can see he, he just, I mean, he's freed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like it's like they took off a scout said, look, just go do what you do. Just mm-hmm. be brilliant. And and he's doing it. And it's, as someone who can't stand United, it's, it's, it's a little unsettling yeah. <laughs> that suddenly, shit, this guy's gotten it right. You know, Solskjaer's gotten it right. Uh, and so if Mourinho had been in this match, Pogba wouldn't have played, Rashford wouldn't have played, you would have had Fellaini and um, Kaku. And, and we know what would have happened there. <laughs> that would have been a beautiful 0-0 if, uh, if Mourinho. Um, or something fluky would have happened in Tottenham. Um, you know, I, the talk this week is, has Solskjaer worked himself into being a leading candidate for the United job? I don't know if he's a leading candidate. I know, I think United still want Pochettino mm-hmm. as their number one. Yeah, made it very vocal that I don't really give a shit what you want. You're not getting Pochettino, <laughs> you know, and if you do, you're basically going to fund us for the next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, do it, but uh, you know, I don't know if Solskjaer is. I don't know. I don't know if he's the long-term solution. Mm-hmm. But right now, it, it looks like he was the perfect guy to bring in because he's been such a breath of fresh air by just letting these guys be themselves. Absolutely. So, um, you know, credit to United. Yeah, that's and that is that is going to be a warning shot to the rest of the league because yeah. if we, as we look at United's schedule coming up. They still have Liverpool on February 24th at, at, at Old Trafford. They still have to go to Arsenal and City in back-to-back weeks in, in mid-March. And they still have Chelsea at the end of April. Uh, and, of course, they're still in the FA Cup and they're still in the Champions League. And all of a sudden, and because it's been so long, I actually don't remember who they're playing in the Champions League anymore. So let me fucking uh, look. There you go. Okay, so now all of a sudden... Now all of a sudden we start to think, could maybe this team actually challenge? And because we know what happens to PSG apparently in the knockout stage, it's not great. So they pee pee in their SG. Hey, I see what you did there. So I don't know. know. So we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, I I still United's defense is going to be their downfall. Sure, Um, because as elite. Um, Phil Jones is still not. <laughs> well, and, and and the and the big thing is, you know, we're praising how great De Gea's performance was, saving those eleven shots. The reason Tottenham got eleven shots exactly. is because United's back line is still really bad, and they were still they still weren't great in midfield. By no, so hey, there you go. But hey, 
<laughs> now they have a chance. So it's the Jim Carrey. So you're telling me there's a chance. I uh, mean, really? That's all you can ask for at this point. That's true. I mean, for United, at this point for Man United, they can find a way into the. This season has turned into a mass success from where it was. Absolutely. And they are six points out of a top four spot. I think right now, um, Liverpool and Manchester City, no doubt about it, top four. Um, I think Tottenham is very, very strong to end themselves in the top four. We'll see. We'll see just just because of what we'll talk about in, <laughs> yeah. you know, coming up. Yeah, for Tottenham, there may be a small waiver. We'll have to see how they get through that. Um, Chelsea, God, once again, I think a lot's going to depend mm-hmm. by the end of the month for Chelsea. Uh, but they're still in the driver's seat. Now. But for United, whew, I mean, the way they're playing, you know, because, okay, we, we've we sat here and said, all right, well, they played somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and they won. So, you know, it might be time to start – believing in United just a little bit. I'm still not ready to go all in on them just because that is, you know, they are on that new manager boost right now, but sure. they, they, they're putting themselves in a position to potentially make a run at that top four. Yep. And uh, that run continues this weekend. Uh, as we look at the schedule coming up uh, 7 30 AM, your uh, weekend starts this Saturday with Wolves versus Leicester at 10 a.m., Liverpool hosts Palace and Wooey. Uh, United gets Brighton and Hove at home. Newcastle takes on Cardiff. Southampton takes on Everton. Watford takes on Burnley. And Bournemouth takes on West Ham. And at 12.30, Arsenal versus Chelsea. A battle of fourth versus fifth at the Emirates. On Sunday at 8.30, you get Huddersfield versus Man City. At 11 a.m., Fulham takes on Tottenham at Craven Cottage. Uh, and then we have a weekend off and then we start midweek after that. It's so weird. I don't understand, (laughs) but Hey, that's that we'll get to next week, next week. Um, as we look at the table, uh, Liverpool still top with 57 points city four points behind them. But again, the biggest thing is they have no matches now head to head to may actually make up that ground. They need Liverpool to draw points to make up the ground. Uh, Tottenham right now in third place at 48. Chelsea one back at them in 47. Arsenal and United both six points back at Chelsea for fourth. Uh, and the gap has significantly widened between United and the rest of that mid table as they are nine points up on Watford. Uh, at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Southampton and Cardiff sit one point outside of it with 19 points. Newcastle are in 18th with 18 points. Fulham are 19th with uh, and five points clear of safety. Huddersfield, eight points adrift in last place. And we'll be getting to them in the news and notes as well. Uh, quick to the FA Cup replays. Um, uh, Sheffield Wednesday beats Lutton Town 1-0 in Lutton. Good job, Sheffield Wednesday. Ah, Luton. Uh, Luton's cough drops. Um, a, a bit of an upset as League One side Shrewsbury Town comes all the way back against uh, Championship side Stoke 3 2. Uh, or two early goals for Stoke uh, from Ty Campbell uh, early in the first half got them a 2 0 cushion. But Shrewsbury came up with three goals in a 10 minute stretch, just 20 minutes from time, to take over the match and advance to the fourth round. Um, 
Newcastle needed extra time against Blackburn to win 4-2, but they do pick up a pair of goals in the extra period from Joselu and Aoze Perez to advance. And finally, oh, Fat Frank, he's done a job again. Uh, he knocked out Manchester United in the League Cup, and here he goes in uh, penalties, knocks out Southampton in a replay from the FA Cup, Derby County, advances on to the fourth round as a perfect stretch of penalties sees them through against Southampton. Um, so those teams will be fitting in. Uh, Derby County now gets League One side Accrington Stanley. So maybe a chance for them to advance on to the next round. Um, and, but Wes, uh, a, another big job done from uh, Frank Lampard in his first coaching job at Derby. Yeah, Frank's doing a good job. You know, they, they dropped a match to Leeds in the mm-hmm. league this past week. I mean, he's top of the table right now. But, you know, Frank, um, you know, they're they're in the, as we said, they're in the fourth round proper of the FA Cup. Uh, and right now, uh, Derby's sitting at uh, all sixth spot in the championship. Mm-hmm. Important because six, uh, three through six, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll meet the playoff for a chance to get that third spot to go. So, uh, you know, right now um, there's a, you know, Leeds, Leeds United actually lead the league. And then Sheffield United and Norwich are sitting at 50 points. Uh, Derby back at 43. So, you know, all they got to do is find their way into that playoff. And playoff. Uh, he's, he's gotten big contributions this year from a pair of uh, one from Premier League squads, uh, Mason Mount mm-hmm. and Chelsea Loney's had a great season. Uh, Harry Wilson um, is having a really good season down there. And for Frank, it's uh, it's coming up well for him. You know, he, he's um, got he's got him in a good position right now. So mm-hmm. a lot a lot of credit, for Frank Lampard. Absolutely, he's done a big job, big job over there. Had Derby so far in the FA Cup, so that's the FA Cup. Real quick, who, who did you say that? Uh... Uh, they will be playing uh, at Accrington Stanley in the fourth round. Oh, what a lovely trip to make! Look, pesky little FA Cup anymore. Uh, <laughs> with with their uh, ten days off, ten days off. Actually, Liverpool are going to take a little warm weather trip to Marbella. Hey, yeah, you know, let the old muscles get out there. Englishmen with tans in February. Know where those come from, my friend. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, uh, uh, Liverpool. I think even happier right now with again the uh, news about Trent Alexander Arnold. We'll talk. Yeah. Liverpool even happier right now to be. (laughs) There you go. And a quick update. Uh, I did want to mention the reason that there is that weird schedule of Premier League teams not playing. Uh, next weekend um, is because that's when this FA Cup fourth round proper will be taking place. And so all these Premier League clubs who will be still in the FA Cup get to then play midweek and then again on the weekend. So. (sighs) Yeah. Away from school. The magic of the FA Cup. Anyway, um, also the League Cup semifinals will be taking place uh, next week. So again, Burton, Albion, and Man City will be playing next Tuesday because they have to. Uh, Man City leads 9-0. They're they're going to go through. Uh, Chelsea will be hosting Tottenham. That's a little more close at 1-0 to Tottenham. Uh, And again, 
Uh, no away goal rules. If they're tied after 90 minutes, it goes straight to penalties. But Tottenham do take a 1-0 lead to Stamford Bridge. But as we go to the news and notes, it's not all great for Tottenham. Uh, or p- apparently any club right now. Um, so big news uh, at the end of the Manchester United match for Tottenham was that Harry Kane left the field injured. Um, came off the field gingerly. It has been diagnosed as an ankle sprain. It's one that he has had in past years. Um, and where things get weird is I've heard in the last three days anywhere from he's going to be gone a month to maybe a month and a half to maybe he'll start training again at the beginning of March. That's that's what I've been hearing is March. And and but I've I've heard said Harry Kane said I'll be back in a month and. The last time this injury happened to him, he was back in roughly a month. So, I don't know. Uh, it's very weird. Um, possibly, if he could be back within a month, he could make a potential League Cup final um, on February 24th. That would probably be pushing it a little bit. Um, so, we're obviously, that's a still a very developing story and will continue to be over the weeks because... Harry Kane has been someone who has definitely pushed himself to come back from injuries very quickly and has done that in the last couple years. Um, of course, in those last couple years, someone Tottenham could rely on to to deputize for him as a striker was our, our, our favorite Asian, Young Min Sun. Um, unfortunately, because apparently this is the year when the Asians have I don't know, a tournament every two months. Uh, he he left right after the United match and is headed over for the uh, the, the another um, Asian tournament. To be honest, I don't even know what tournament it is because I know it's I not the Asian is, Games. I thought this was the Asian Cup. It might be the Asian Cup. Uh, I was like, because I know the Asian Games were this summer where he also played. Uh, but no, this is, yes, you're right. This is the Asian Cup. Uh, thankfully, it ends at the beginning of February. So at least he'll be back uh, at, at the end of the month. Uh, and hey, he provided an assist today, so that's cool. Um, but Youngman's son, um, still away. So that's that's going to be kind of weird. There's been mention of playing Lorente up top. I'll just say Lorente. Uh, there's been talk about playing Delhi as kind of a false nine and Nazard type uh, up top. Um, so this is, this is going to be a very... Very interesting period west for Tottenham as, as again, they try to maneuver through a period, which we have seen them do in the past, without their talismanic striker Harry Kane. But this time, they're going to have to dig a little bit deeper into their bag of tricks to come through with points. Uh, they are. And, you know, this is this is what we were talking about. Tottenham, mm-hmm. like we said, to finish top four, qualify for the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would take a real catastrophe. That did not happen, but I mean, this is this is about as close as it's getting to being really bad at the moment for Tom. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry Kane, talisman. He is the captain. He is the guy who, and you can say Hugo Lloris has the armband, but we know who the real mm-hmm. captain of right. Tottenham is. Um, and this is just a hold on, man. This is this is going to be a tough. One. It's not going to be easy for Tottenham to overcome and. Yeah, the one kind of issue I, I have with Harry Kane, and I mean, it's not really a big issue, but Harry Kane is going to be good every season for missing a month. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and he's a wonder. I mean, 
maybe this is what they mean. You know, once a season, he's going to pick up a month long injury. But um, you know, it is it is this for Tottenham. And I think the biggest, I think the most is still not really found anyone to 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 take this backup for him because I I hate relying on Son to have be the backup here because he still does so much for you even mm. when Harry Kane is on the field. Sure. And it, it sucks having to ask him to move over. Lorente, I think we figured out Lorente's not the guy. Mm-hmm. Um could there could Tottenham make a move? Um I mean uh, that's obviously out there. We're in the month mm-hmm. make a move. Um I don't know how much Tottenham wants to do that. Maybe if they could find a good loan somewhere but yeah, I just I don't know just, who they just get. Seems gonna, they need some power. power. Yeah, uh, you know. Let's say you know. Luckily, they they put good points on the board. Hmm. Um, they put good points on the board, but um, it, it, it's just it, it's kind of a tough pill at this yeah. swallowing. Well, and and just I'm just gonna cut off anybody who wants to say, well, you should have bought someone in the in the summer transfer market. Who 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 are we, who, who are we gonna buy that's gonna fill in right now for Harry that's Kane? That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's uh, it's tough. But Tottenham, you know, for me, it just comes down to Tottenham have had the chance to last and have my 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 of, the big issue always comes back to. Who's going to come to Tottenham that's going to be good enough to be a deputy, knowing that basically this is the only time you're going to get to start as well as like the cups like that. I mean, that's kind of what Laurenti came for. Yeah. And and so basically you're saying, is there a better uh, Laurenti that we could have gotten? And it's like, have you ever heard of Roberto? (laughs) Yes, I have. Um, Well, you know, what is the current status of Lucas Mora? Is he? Uh, I think he's a week or two away from coming back. Okay. Because um, I mean, you know that that could turn into a big. Sure. Lucas Mora, um, obviously, was the Premier League Player of the Month in back mm-hmm. in August. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who can come in and do some things, and I think this could be a big moment that he, you know, that do have who gives you some attacking depth mm-hmm. i think this could be a big moment that you're going to need him to step up yeah absolutely and, and hopefully he will be back uh from injury uh his injury pretty soon as well as now the best player on the pitch uh soon to be real madrid's musa sissoko he might be out uh for about a week or two so get well musa um God, it's it's insane how he's become so good um and by so good i mean he's okay um he's not trash there you go he's not he's actually i mean i will say for everything besides scoring goals musa sissoko is actually living up mostly to what we expected when we got him like he doesn't score still but everything else he does in midfield is pretty fucking great uh shockingly um i don't know how we got to this point but here we are um 
So other injury news, uh, and this one also somewhat important for for Liverpool. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold will also be out for potentially a month uh, with a knee injury this time. Um, He's uh, got it in the the game against Brighton this past weekend that we mentioned. Uh, He managed to go the full game, but did have to then come off and get tested. And it looks like there's a minor ligament issue with his knees. Uh, Now, of course... You know, as, as I saw in every comment when I read about this story, everyone was, well, you know, if we had Nathaniel Klein still here. Um, so that that just looks weird in retrospect. But again, hindsight 2020, all that bullshit. Um, but Wes, I mean, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, take uh, it. Oh, I was just saying, I mean, it's just it's one of those. Hmm? Apparently, Klein came to club, said he wanted to play every day. That time there was no way to know. Well, just wait because Trent's about to go down. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. There, you know, there is a uh, there's a target out there apparently that uh, Eder Milito um, from Porto mm-hmm. uh, is, is suddenly radar both Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, Everton, Man United, and uh, has stated he wants to go to the Premier League. So that might come down to a Liverpool Liverpool versus Man United kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Milito plays central defender. Uh, He's Brazilian. Uh, Plays central defender, but what that would do would be to give Liverpool a little more flexibility. Uh, Joe Gomez could come back, could always play out on the right. Um, You know, James Milner is obviously deputized out there. So there are options, but yeah, it just it just it's very glaring that suddenly, damn it, we have the we had the guy, <laughs> we had the guy to deputize here, fine, fine with, it. and he left like <laughs> Harry King's <sighs> deputy went to Asia, and Trent Alexander Arnold's deputy went to Bournemouth. Exactly, they both they both went far. far. Yeah, they both went far, far away from the window. Roughly as far. Uh, yeah. So r- rough goings for Liverpool, but uh, again, they do they do have a chance to uh, to pull something back here and and see if they can get that tight defensive unit they've been forming this season uh, to, to stay connected, even with some and, some uh, maneuvers. It'd be interesting to see if Maddox plays mm-hmm. this weekend. He he was made the, the other day for Brighton, um, so. You gotta think there's a good chance if he made the bench every day. There's a good chance he'll be back uh, mm-hmm. for the weekend. Um, Gomez uh, should be back in training in the next couple of weeks. They're saying so. You know, if Liverpool can just can just hold the line, hold the line, boys, <laughs> hold the line. Um, you know, it, it's about to get better, and also that uh, you know. 10, 11 days off that Liverpool are going to have at the end. Uh, those are 10, 11 days that we don't play a match in Mr. and Alexander Arnold. So, <laughs> you know. Yep. God bless you, Wolves. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> um, as we head out to another departure, um, this will be in a couple months' time. Uh, Petr Cech, uh, the current Arsenal goalkeeper, mm-hmm. former Chelsea keeper, uh, will be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, after 20 seasons in uh, football, he will be heading out. Uh, 15 years of that in the Premier League. Um, and he says uh, in the note he won every single trophy possible. Uh, yep. And that's that's quite impressive. Thankfully, he was able to 
to get that Champions League with Chelsea and, and before he moved on to Arsenal. Um, but obviously, not. we saw the, the very downside of his career when he moved to Arsenal from Chelsea. But uh, when he was at Chelsea, one of the top sure. Premier League keepers uh, of his day, Wes. <clears throat> I would say something here with, uh, you know, the, uh, oh my gosh, who was at United, uh, God, some plays for Schmeichel. Schmeichel, uh, he's right up there with mm-hmm. Schmeichel, uh, right up there with Edwin van der Sar, um, as, you know, best ever Premier League goalkeepers. Um, a lot of people, especially newer to the game, they don't remember Petr Cech. Chelsea mid two thousands when he was the benchmark. Mm-hmm. I mean he he was he was that guy that everybody looked at as you know potentially the best keeper in the world. Uh, he was he was um, the head injury happened that's why he wore. Mm-hmm. But um, you know guy guy was he was one of the greats man. I was kind of following the last at uh, Arsenal. But just man, forget about that. Forget about that, and just look back at um, look back at his Chelsea career uh, when he came over for Renier in France. I mean, this guy—he was a prodigy, and he and um, it, it it is probably time for him to hang up the. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't let these last few years at Arsenal. Take Absolutely, absolute greatest goalies in Premier League era. Absolutely. Um, so as Chech uh, will be departing from the Premier League, uh, we also have a much quicker departure from the Premier League, uh, unfortunately for David Wagner over at Huddersfield Town. Uh, both he and the club have agreed to mutually part ways uh, as, as this season has not gone. I'm sure how most Huddersfield fans hoped it would. Um, I, I hesitate to use the word thought because yeah, I, I imagine a lot of us kind of thought it could go this way. Um, after a semi-miraculous uh, upturn uh, the previous season to stay up in the Premier League in their debut season, uh, things have not gone nearly to plan uh, this season for them to try and stay up. As I mentioned before, they are right at the bottom of the table, uh, eight points from safety. And again, this is a team that just lacks any sort of goal scoring threat so unfortunately for david wagner i i don't think he ever got the full deck of cards that he needed to maybe keep this team up um so hopefully he does get another position rebounds well because i do think he's a good coach obviously bringing huddersfield up to the premier league a great accomplishment uh but just once they got up here just not able to do a whole lot so we will be bidding a happy trails to one david wagner um, as far as David Wagner, uh, you know, a lot of people, man, the U.S. sure did act quick. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, Wagner, of course, a you know, former United States international, mm-hmm. so um, that would be a coming home. I don't think Wagner's at that point of his career yet where it's time to go the international route, even though I can, you know, hey, once Berhalter doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> they have, they have a know, match against yeah, Panama that they can lose in a couple weeks, so there you well, go. Sure, uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, really looking back at Wagner, um, you know, the closest the closest uh, comparison I can give Wagner to him when Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, A, the fact that he got Hunter mm-hmm. was just, I mean, that was magnificent. This is Hunter's field we're talking about, yeah. folks. I mean, Huddersfield don't go to the Premier 
that's just, I mean, I mean, that's like saying in in two years, Sheffield Wednesday is going to be in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, like, no, they're not. <laughs> um, so, A, getting them into the Premier League was huge. And then, B, last year, keeping them up. For- yeah, that's huge. Holy freaking crap, man. I mean, they weren't good a year ago. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there's only so much you can blame on David Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he kept them up for a year, I mean, that is it is absolutely fantastic. The guy did a great job. Um, I think David Wagner is going to be one of those managers who will, quote, fail up. Yeah. Um, you know, you look back at a guy who kind of gets derided a little more than he deserves. But, you know, you look back at a guy like Brendan Rodgers, mm-hmm. who – you know, Brendan Rodgers in his first couple of stops wasn't magnificent, but he showed something mm-hmm. that kind of kept getting him into a job. And then Swansea and it clicked. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, the guy's managing Liverpool and also coming to two of the biggest British clubs of all time. Um, I, I could see David Wagner getting another lower in Premier League job, mm-hmm. if not a a very championship job mm-hmm. come the summer. Um, Certainly. I, I'm not I'm not around and taking some this year mm-hmm. and risking getting relegated. I'm I'm not messing with that, you know. His reputation was um the fact that once again he is somewhat of a disciple of Klopp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, Wagner plays the football that is attractive now. Mm-hmm. It's just he didn't have the players for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, he just didn't have the personnel to really push it once he got to the Premier League. But I think Devin Wagner is going to have a job come this time, or well, come August of next year, Wagner's going to have a job. And I think we're going to look at it and potentially say, man, that's a better job than Huddersfield was. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if he's in the champion, it's going to be a team where we're like, man, that, they have potential to be a lot better than Huddersfield. Oh yeah, there, there, there's quite a few teams that could be making the jump up yeah. that that would fit that mold. So, so um, yeah, so de- definitely Devin Biden. This is goodbye for now. Yes, don't Til cry for me, Argentina. Yeah. Till we meet again, <laughs> and it will be sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> another departure from the Premier League. Uh, this one we kind of talked about last week a little bit. Uh, Cesc Fabregas is leaving Chelsea and will be joining uh, Monaco. And you want to talk about a team that might need a spark plug to avoid relegation? Oh, boy. Uh, Monaco, th- I mean, this was the darling team just a couple years ago. And they have fallen into absolute ruins in uh, in Leun right now. So we'll see if Fabregas can, can do something there. I don't... No, I mean obviously, Leon a, a easier league I would say than the Premier League. It's and, a farmers league. So, so so maybe this is enough to bring start bringing Monaco up the table. I don't know that it'll be, but it's well, probably right better now, than Monaco. Nothing. Monaco has one goal at this point of the season, and that is survive. Oh, absolutely. It's not about well, we need to finish here. No. Uh, I, I find it interesting uh, that he's going to play with his uh, former teammate. Mm-hmm. 
course, Thierry Henry, um, who has been whew, not great. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, even even to Henry, just talked about with Wagner, you know, there, there's there's not a lot of ingredients in the kitchen at Monaco right now. When when you know Monaco have a they have a template where they develop and they sell, develop and they sell. Well, that's good. That's great. That is a fantastic template. But damn it, you've got to survive those years when maybe you don't have the yeah. talent, or maybe the talent's a year or two away from coming good. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to find a way to uh, to uh, survive those years. And right now, Monaco, Inc. Um, they are two points, three points off of seventeen. Mm-hmm. Seventeenth yeah. guarantees you safety in the French league. Eighteenth, you still have to go to the relegation playoff. Mm-hmm. So they do have a little bit of ground to make up. You know, can they make up basically four points? So, and, and, and well, and really, they have a superior goal differential yeah. place team. So really, you know, right now they have to make up. So. Uh, you know, Cesc Fabregas, I believe, still has something to offer in this game. Mm-hmm. And going to France, getting out of such a demanding mm-hmm. as the Premier League. We'll see. I think Monaco could have a shot. That's that's all they can ask for right now is a uh, is a shot. So we'll see if uh, Fabregas can provide them a big shot. Um, and speaking of, of big shots... Uh, as we'll as we'll close out news and notes, we've had a lot of depressing stories here and a lot of uh, leavings and and whatnots. Um, so we thought we'd end news and notes on a much happier note, as as the rays of God come down and bless this podcast because it's it's been it's been too long since we've heard from God's Latan Ibrahimovic, um, Lord and Savior himself. Absolutely, and this coming out in the mirror, um, in in an interview uh, he gave. Of course, Cristiano Ronaldo, moving from Real Madrid to Juventus uh, this season, said uh, earlier on in the season, uh, quote, I've played in England, Spain, Italy, Portugal, and for my national team, while he, referring to Lionel Messi, is still in Spain. Maybe he needs me more. For me, life is a challenge. I like it, and I like to make people happy. He's a fantastic player and a good guy, but I don't miss anything here. This is my new life, and I'm happy. To which Ibra called bullshit. And, and because he is Ibra, that's what he gets to do. Saying, quote, Cristiano is talking about new challenges. He calls it a challenge to move to a club where it is already normal to win the Serie A. Why did he not choose a club from second division a few years ago? Trying to become a champion with such a second division, ch- with such a second division champion and lead them to the highest level, which is a challenge. It is bullshit. Moving to Juventus is not a challenge at all. Shots fired. Shots fired. I uh, shots fired. Tanker destroyed. You've sunk my battleship. I uh, when, when Ibra hits, he hits hard. And and the funny thing is, he's not raw. He's it's it's not oh. a challenge to go to the team that just wins Serie A every year. So I mean, I guess to get them to the Champions League final and win it. Would be impressive, but just to win Serie A, I mean, eh. Well, and, and I mean, the thing is, 
with the thought of this is mm-hmm. the Champions League. So Ronaldo didn't go to Syria. I believe that was kind of case. Um, Ibra, as much as we, <laughs> much as I just adore Ibra, I mean, we're talking about Ibrahimovic here. You know, he's saying he should have gone. Zlatan, as you may remember, Juventus actually got relegated once due to a match fixing scandal. They got relegated to the second division, and you demanded to leave. <laughs> it didn't happen it didn't happen it happened it most definitely (laughs) just to throw a little bit of salt on this fire you know as was i love um i mean you did ibra ibra went to psg he didn't go to (laughs) zinia yeah he went to manchester united he didn't go to you know he didn't go to west ham (laughs) He would have. He would have united. Mm. Jeez. Mm. Um. I mean, in all actual, all honest, come on. The best players go to the best teams. Yeah. I mean, Ibrahim. I mean, look, Ibrahimovic. He go to United yeah. <laughs> Orlando City. Mm. I mean, the guy went to Los Angeles, so and went to the Galaxy, which is kind of the team in the. Mm. MLS, so you know the best players go to the best teams. They don't go to, you know, the best players don't go to. Uh, so, um, you know, that said, stir up controversy, and um, I have no problem bashing Ronaldo when when it's can't really say an appropriate time. Christian. Well, we just we just love the oh, drama. Other than the fact that it's a David and there, there you go. We we love no. we love the drama. We love we love Ibra, and we and we love when he stirs the pot. Even even when he just leaves out a few key details. Um, but hey, just just keep you just keep saying things, Ibra. We we love when you do. It's great. To you talk say them, we believe them. Damn straight, we we believe the word of God. Thanks be to God. Um. Now that we're out of the news and notes, let's hit the watch for Wes. What have you been watching in the week that was, or the week that will be? Oh, watching, and I have been, as you know, kick. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've I've moved back about uh seven years, and now I'm a big Civil War kick. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this is I've discovered a couple. Just have had some fantastic. To um, uh, of course uh, I've talked about it in the past uh, hard history, which uh, which really took me on a fantastic of um, of Europe nineteen fourteen to nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've been history unplugged. Oh, and they have a twenty mm. most important battles of the Civil War. It's actually inspired me to take a little trip this summer. Take a trip up to some old battlefields. You know, just just see what I can see, Ed. Uh, and it also inspired me last night at mm. Gods in General. Yeah. All four hours and 39. This was an actual movie. I mean, this wasn't like a documentary. Robert Duvall is Robert E. Lee. <laughs> wow. Four hours and 39 minutes. Holy shit. Um, it is it is one of the lower 
uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it is it is not beloved. Um, it did paint a very sympathetic picture of the South, uh, as you know. And I am, of course, a son of. The- um, and also the uh, the music did kind of just come and stay too often in the mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, But hey, overall, I enjoyed it. So uh, that, that's been my little thing. Kick. So uh, that's all I watch. Gods and Generals. I'm going to pop in Getty's uh, maybe next week. Get a little free time. <laughs> when I get another four-hour block of free time to move. Watch <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm uh, Seal Team's back. I got. I finally got around two of the new half of the season today, and Seal Team's just looking really, really good. In the second half of so um, they're they're notching that that's a good show. So um, check it out, Seal Team, CBS Wednesday nights. Oh, there you go. Um, so I, I of course, as, as we as we mentioned it a little bit um, at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I watched the new episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, Nine Nine, which had maybe one of the most laugh out. No, first, first jaw dropping. Then I can't believe they actually did that on network TV. <laughs> Rewinding, saying, "Okay, yes, they actually did that on network TV," and then dying laughing. And and I think you know where I'm going with this. It's oh, man, it was... when when uh, when Amy uh, fuck not Amy uh, God why can't I think of her name uh, Gina no not oh no. no we're talking about different things oh, oh which one are you thinking about I'm talking about uh, on the honeymoon uh, oh no, that's Amy oh uh, yeah okay so fuck I don't know why I didn't think your name is Amy uh, when Amy goes. Uh, this B needs a C in her A. And Jake is oh, like mortified. <laughs> and, and he's like, what? And she's like, this, uh, I forgot what the B stood this for. Bride. Yeah, this bride needs a coconut in her arms. She's like, and she goes, what did you think I said? And of course, my mind's immediately going to, well, I know what I would have said. Everyone, everyone thought that was what. <laughs> and the fact that so in the moment before Jake answers, I'm thinking he's just gonna go. No, yeah, that's totally what I thought. Yep, yeah, mm, yep, that's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. I thought that's how they were gonna play it off. But the fact that he actually goes, I thought you meant this bitch needs a cock in her ass. I, I, and, and they bleep it out. Of course, they bleep, bleep out those three words. Because it's still network TV. But the fact that NBC let them get away with that shit, even bleeping it, is is fucking great. And I love NBC for it. So thank you. Thank that you for that. It's like coming from Fox. Yeah. The bl- Fox is the one who lets them do all the blue. Yeah. Fox gave, us, Fox gave us married with children. There you go. Still one of the five best uh, best and most underrated mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, crossed nearly every line in its day. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, then of course the pineapple slut joke, oh, yes. which I mean, once again, not quite a joke <laughs> uh, or one you would think. I mean, they they let them get away with so much. I was, you know, I was so I was anxious going to that mm-hmm. episode the other night. You know what? What's NBC going to? Mm-hmm. I saw absolutely nothing different. 
Um, I mean, everything was basically. It's like okay, we just we're just putting it on a new channel, new time. I I honestly think at this point, after Parks and Rec and after the Good Place, mm-hmm. uh, I I think when once NBC brought Brooklyn Nine Nine, they just gave uh, Mike Schur and his crew. A, I know I know Mike Schur's not involved in the day to day, but he's like an executive producer right. and creator. I think they just gave them a blank check and said, "We trust you guys." You, you guys just keep making great shows and we'll just keep doing it. It's fine. And yep. I think that's what happened with that because holy shit. And I'm, you know, the, the title scene. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I was worried, you know, when, I saw nothing. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it is the same, um, the same fantastic writing that we've become accustomed mm-hmm. to. It's, um, it's it, it was fantastic, man. I was so happy that broke. It was amazing. So great, great first episode. Can't wait uh, for tomorrow's episode entitled Hitchcock and Scully, which will be really, really good. Oh. So, yay, Hitchcock and Scully. Um, and of course, the end of the, uh, the last episode with with the entire like uh, whole <laughs> entire merging. precinct. Yeah, just entire precinct, just right there in one room. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm I'm very excited with where Brooklyn Nine-Nine is going. So, yay, NBC, for not fucking this up. I, I didn't think you guys would. And I'm glad to see you guys actually didn't do it. Good job, guys. Now, now let's see if I can fire these dogs up. Because it does have one of my favorite... <laughs> Top Dog Terry! Hoo, hoo! Oh, that was great. Dog, oh. One dog's looking at me. She is the same. Good girl. Good. Stay. Good girl. Don't look at me anymore. Stay. Ah, oh, good job. Yeah. So, so let's go from top dog Terry to some top dogs on the mat. Wes, what what are we getting from So Raw this week? Uh, not a lot this week, um, but we have a development. Uh, mm. The Royal Rumble coming up on the 27th of the month. So uh, the penultimate uh, episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into it. I actually have that on tonight uh, as um, I don't believe... I don't know. I was I was asleep the other day when it was on, but I don't I don't think they brought people on TV the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they did. It didn't record here, so I'm watching Raw tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Braun Strowman was supposed to be facing uh, Brock Lesnar for the for the Universal Title. Um, Braun had a little meltdown oh, at no. the beginning, which uh, resulted in him destroying Vince McMahon's limousine. Which you know you can you can get away with a lot of shit, but man, you don't screw with Vince McMahon. Nope. And Vince McMahon took Braun Strowman out of the title match, and uh, now he has been replaced in that match by Finn Balor. Oh. I mean, you could literally not get two polar opposites <laughs> physically than the six eight three hundred eighty five pound Braun Strowman and the maybe five foot nine hundred ninety pound Finn Balor. <laughs> so aesthetically, Eric, uh, one one from uh, the hills of North Carolina, the other from uh, the the green grass of Ireland. Oh, so um, yeah, it's pretty so fresh. Ah, oh, so fresh. Um, a little bit around the world. Uh, still awaiting. It's probably going to be the beginning of February before we officially find out what Mega's next move is going to be. Uh, more and more people kind of speculating he's going to sign with uh, All Elite. 
Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it would make sense. You know, you go in as pretty much the top guy. Um, you know, would have a lot of creative control. But you know what they say, uh, and we might have said last week. I remember, but you know, only only one only one place has WrestleMania. You know, and that's uh, that's Vince McMahon. That's the WWE. And no matter what else you do, you can't quite can't quite make up for WrestleMania. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, but I can totally understand the other. Um, also, with all elite wrestling, just my quick commentary. Um, I'm excited about that company. Mm-hmm. It is going to be an alternative, and I think you're going to see a lot of guys go there and use it almost as their, you know, especially we aren't getting shots in WWE. Um, and of course, guys from the independent. It's all all elite wrestling is all going to come down. What kind of what channel they end up on mm-hmm. in their TV deal. And you've got to feel if they've gone this far and Chad Khan being the money man behind this, you know, before they've announced everything, they've announced, there's got to be some sort of a big TV deal in place mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, some people say, Oh, we'll just put it on the internet. Oh, let them, let them pay for it on the internet. Well, the th- you'll get hardcore fans to do that and you won't get it if you want this to be a legitimate kind of option to WWE, you've got to put it on some sort of network television. It's got to be where, you know, I in North Carolina can watch it. Um, in for uh, my, my wrestling San Jose, California can watch it. When you and Jackie go to New York, you can watch it there. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to be able, there's got to be one place to go to see this on television for, for this organization to really get a, a real audience. Um, and um, and then it's just got to be run well, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's something I'm keeping my ear to the ground for. I want to see, I want to see this man. I want to see the product. And I, I think I'm excited about the future side of where it's going to take the wrestling business, which, you know, really right now in WWE, seven, eight months now, it's a stagnant product. I mean, there's nothing to say. It's a stagnant product yeah. where the independent scene, you know, that's where all the excitement has been. The young buck, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, um, you know, things going on in Japan. That's where all the excitement's been. So um, now, if there's a chance to kind of bring that together and put it on a put it on a good TV network, man, I'm, I'm excited about it. I want to see what's going to happen. So uh, just keeping our ears to the ground on AEW. Um, I think we mentioned last week they have signed Chris Jericho, which I mean that's as huge a signing, you know, outside of Kenny Omega. That's as big a signing mm-hmm. they could have hoped to get someone with the background of Chris. So, um, yeah, that, that's your so raw this week, Lewis. Yep, there um, you go. So Royal Rumble coming up in a few weeks, so we'll see what happens. Oh, it's going to be so Rumblelicious. And then Ed, the road. <sighs> I can't wait. Who who are we pushing for? Um, shit. Who are we? Let's 
push Seth Rollins. There we go. We're going to push Seth Rollins. So so don't worry. For weeks and weeks, we'll be pushing Seth Rollins. Um, but that is going to do it for this week on the pod. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this week for episode 245 of the Foreign Fair podcast. Uh, once again, uh, big shouts to uh, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com, uh, as well as Alicia's Pillows and Things. You can find both of them on the internet, as well as us on Twitter. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. You can also email us uh, comments and questions at allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Uh, also, thanks to all our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio Network, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, so we'll be back. I, I guess this is just how I'm doing it now. We'll be back next week? Question mark? Um, I'll, I'll be calling. Okay. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> so, so no, not a, I, I joined live session next week, uh, but we will still have some news, uh, from Wes right. when he calls yeah. in, uh, for Anfield corner. Uh, and I will be probably crying about how Tottenham did not advance to the, uh, the league cup final. So that'll be fun. Can't wait to do that alone. Um, so that'll be next week. Um, but again, you can catch us here and of course you can subscribe to our feed to get all our previous episodes too um but wes before we get out of here and finish this off this pod anything else you want to mention well yeah this is a part i I like Mm -hmm. well folks now apparently there's free well it's called the transfer (laughs) (laughs) it's being a graduate transfer most fun shit happens after the season's over and free agency's in full effect. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the former SEC player of the year, uh, of course, the guy who led Alabama to a national championship game. I can't remember. Maybe he took him to the game. Maybe he won a national championship as a freshman. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but former SEC player of the year, uh, of course, this year was the backup in Alabama to Tua Taviola. Mm. He has announced he is a graduate transfer. Big, because that means he's immediately eligible to play. He is going to Oklahoma because all they do there is crank out the Heisman. (laughs) So, um, you know, this will be the third straight season that Oklahoma, well, including Baker Mayfield basically being a two, three year starter for him. Mm -hmm. Um, this will be their third straight starting quarterback. Who's been a transfer. The first two won Heisman trophies. (laughs) So we'll see. Uh, Jalen Hurts kind of jewel of the transfer season. Um, on the Miami front, of course, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. Uh, we got Tate Martell, yeah, who um, was supposed to be the next big quarterback at Ohio State until Justin Fields transferred from Georgia in. So then that kind of put Tate Martell into a transfer situation, and he's going to Miami. He will have to sit out the next season, but then we'll have five years of eligibility. So, um, yeah, looks like uh, Manny Diaz may have found his quarterback going forward. Now we. I found someone to play quarterback this year. Mm. We'll to see. Maybe Jaron Williams. Who knows? At least it won't be Malik Rozier. Yeah. God. Um, but yeah, I mean the the moving, shaking, the wheeling, and folks, it's uh, the final signing day. You, you know, there are two signing days now. Ed, did you realize that? I actually didn't. They have an early signing period now in Oh, which is nice, actually. Okay. Get some of that out of the way. Um, they, but of course, coming up in February, the official, the the normal signing day that we uh, that we normally go to. So, um, 
lots to look forward to coming up, man. That's all it is. A lot to look forward to in college football, and they are making the offseason matter. That's that's what's most important. So college football, just like the NFL, can matter all year long. Hooray. Just still better. (laughs) There you go. Um, So that's going to do it for my Colin Crime, Wes Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. Until next time, everyone, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Arsenal fans. You knew the sooner. Yeah. Yep. I also, to all all the players on Tottenham and Liverpool, please stay safe. Like, actually. Please. Please. Please actually stay please. safe. God. God, stay safe. Oh, if you play defense for Liverpool, please just stay in your hotel room. And... Oh, yeah. Just, just bubble wrap them. Daniel Surge is infected two different teams. Oh no. Anyone virtual if something better in Liverpool roaming around to protect him. Mm-hmm. I mean you can't let a vehicle near him, you can't let anyone with a cold near him, nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. There, there needs to be like a core of Liverpool fans who are serving as like a a a, a 50-yard circle perimeter. Yeah. Yeah, that's how much I care for that, man. No, you you should, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. I love you, Virgil Van Dyke. I love sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.